What up, what up, what up? This is the Urban Hubby, and welcome to the Sagacity Podcast, where my guests and I share wisdom, insight, and experiences from a Black Generation X perspective. In this episode, the topic of discussion is finding your personal style in oh so many ways. And our guest today is the creative force behind No More Fashion Victims, one of the pillars of Caribbean fashion, and my Soka sister, Miss Stephanie Ram Logan. Welcome, Stephanie. How are you doing tonight? Thank you. Thank you. I'm great. How are you? Ah, it's been a heck of a week, but we're making it through as usual. Yes. So again, welcome to the Sagacity Podcast. We want to go ahead and jump right into it. So if you can give the lovely people just a really good idea of what's been your journey, because you didn't become absolute gem in fashion overnight. <laughs> well, in your case, maybe, but it's been a journey. I'm no, sure. no, it was definitely not overnight that I became a gem or pillow, all these grand terms you're using. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually, I mean, I had lifelong like childhood dreams of becoming a fashion designer. Um, but before I could do that, I mean, you know, you don't tell into Trinidadian parents like in the nineties that you just wanna work in fashion. You have to do you have to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer. Oh, um yes. so I did a degree, I mean I, I did a language based degree, um uh, with like international relations, expecting to maybe work for the UN or something, but you know, uh that didn't work out that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I was done and I looked at them and I said fashion now (laughs) so um it started off as fashion design but while I was in school I um one of my teachers who then became my mentor was a stylist and it was sort of under his wing that I was exposed to that element of the industry I didn't even know what styling was really Uh. before I, I met him and this was in 2011 um and that sort of spun my direction on its head, um, where fashion was more of a product-based, or design was more product-based, styling was more service-based. Mm-hmm. And I think I was just always more interested in the in, in people um, and personalities and, and, and women and, and feeling great. And styling just seemed to be a more natural course, and I, I left off. I left the design program and went into styling. Ah, interesting. So one thing that I've noticed in listening to to your your story, how we met, how we connected mm-hmm. was very much similar um, because I was looking for my personal style. I was looking for the things that mattered to me and an opportunity to express that. And it was kind of lost in the sauce of being a dad, being a husband, being community leader, being a business owner. So it seems like the same reasons why you left that design program Mm -hmm. to jump into the styling reason are some of the same reasons why folks like myself and others are attracted to the work that you do. Yeah. Um, Exactly that. I think traditionally we think of fashion in, in such a, I don't know, an inaccessible way. Like it's for, it's exclusive. It's for certain people. Um, it's not for everyone. Whereas styling sort of puts a new face on fashion. 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's that thing that is more individual and more pliable. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's I call it, it's called personal styling and the person part of that is first. And that's, I guess, what you were looking for and just what I connect more with. So absolutely absolutely so moving on along this wonderful journey from design to personal style tell us about no more fashion victims how was that birthed and the purpose of it all no more fashion victims came around uh while i was in design school um it was my second degree my first one being in language and um my so I was older than many of my classmates mm-hmm. who would have either just, you know, they were just finished high school or, or whatever. And um, a lot of them didn't have maybe the exposure that I would have had in the extra years um, for school and in fashion, because it was something that I'd been wanting and loving my whole life. So what was happening in the classroom was um, a lot of them were learning things for the first time that I'd already known. And um, we were spending a lot of time on fundamentals. I didn't have a lot of time. I was getting old. (laughs) (laughs) I just could not spend all that time in school going over some of the things that we were discussing. Uh, And then we would have like extremely long vacation breaks for school and then come back to school and have to start over because everybody forgot what we learned Mm -hmm. before. I said, you know what? No, this is not going to happen. I'm, I need to hit the ground running. I'm too old <laughs> to be wasting time. So I started a fashion, um, which had another name before, but eventually got turned into no more fashion victims. Gotcha, and gotcha. it was, it's, it was just for my classmates and I during those down times to really like an opportunity for us to keep talking about fashion. And I'd post articles or I'd post, um, things about color theory or like things we were learning in school um, just so that we could continue that conversation. What was funny to me was uh, people who were not in my class started following the page and interacting (laughs) and contributing and wanting to know more. Um, Eventually, we all grew the Facebook platform because they would have wanted a little more lengthy uh, sort of, uh, I guess, I don't know, communication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then I went to a blogger platform and I started a blog and it was called From Trinidad with Style. And I talked a lot. Like, I mean, at this point, I think by, by that time, I was probably studying styling. I probably, mm-hmm. le- but I think I left design and I started my styling courses and so on um, and my internship in styling. So it was very styling focus like silhouettes and colors and it was it was really about that and it was just surprising how many people cared you know (laughs) and i mean the rest is history it just it just kept growing into what it is now Mm. i think it's amazing how many people actually almost kind of undercover care about fashion absolutely even though they'll try to hide it, they're like, "Oh, you know, I'm not spending that money on that. No, I don't. I don't need to look like a supermodel. I'm just going to work." Yeah, you do want to look like a supermodel. Yeah, but it's intimidating. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's embarrassing because it's almost like something that we should inherently know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we're so quick to ridicule somebody on their appearance first. 
you know, you, you never really pick at someone's character <laughs> as quickly as you pick on, Facts. like, you Facts. know, what they look like. So you don't want to, you don't want to try and fail because it's it's your face. It's it's what you know. It's it's visual. It's it's obvious. Mm -hmm. So you know, you just shy away from it. So that way, when you make mistakes, it's not like oh, you think you did a good job, but you didn't. It's more like we know you're not good at this. <laughs> like you know, you're not good at this. It's fine. Well, I, yeah, that that's the hard part about fashion. You know, the interesting thing. You know, one of the reasons why I, I, I sought you out, and I was like, look, I need help because coming through high school in New York, that was rough times. You know, people had no shame in telling you, <laughs> yo. Those Eastland boots, those polo sport boots, those ones are fresh. Those Jabot jeans, those are fresh. You know, them cross collars and call canines, you, you styling. Van Heusen really wasn't dope back then. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, uh, that, and Gantt really wasn't cool back then. You know, Cole Haan really wasn't well known. Mm -hmm. It wasn't cool back then. But that was all the stuff that my parents dressed us in and we had to tuck the shirt in. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was like somewhat suburban ghetto preppy look without the, without <laughs> oh, the sweater that might be wrap its own genre you, you may yeah, have just yeah. named your own genre <laughs> you know it, it was it was different we didn't have the air excels we didn't have the air maxes we didn't have jordans you know we had the the felines but not the cool versions of felines the ones we could afford so personal style really wasn't something you know too important growing up and going through high school as it was for other folks and then you get to college and you know it's Rappy City you know you're from New York so automatically you're kind of better than everybody else no shade no shade yeah. but then you get start working and you know depending on what city you're in you kind of adopt the style of you know and the culture of that city you're in New York your style is vibrant it could be whatever you want it to be and it's going to be accepted you know, you're in D.C. It's mostly formal, mostly business, but the nightlife scene and the the wares that people have to go along with that is what you would expect in D.C. Is it's kind of dope, but not over the top. Uh, Atlanta's got their own style. Miami, L.A., everyone's got their own thing going and you kind of adopt that. But in adopting that, you kind of lose a bit of yourself. Mm hmm. Because you're now seriously for your profession and your personal life, you're trying to keep up and fit in instead of standing out and standing on your own with your own personal style. Fast forward to your 30s, you know, you, you may be in a relationship, maybe getting married, have some kids. And now it's all downhill from there because nothing is about your personal mm -hmm. style whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And uh, with with our conversation I wanted to touch on you have individuals like myself you have um, men and women across the diaspora that are in that boat mm -hmm. they are truly fashion victims <laughs> you know? and to have a, a blog no more fashion victims that absolutely caught my attention like yes how do I get out of this you know this ugly matrix of, of, of bland stuff like, I, I, I want to get back to me. I want to get back to uh, who I am authentically. Mm -hmm. And in the last couple of weeks, in reading your blogs and really paying attention to some things that are going on in fashion overall and the style overall, it kind of feels like the industry is kind of in that same place. It's gotten 
highly opinionated. Mm-hmm. Um, it has gotten. It feels like almost out of sorts. But what do you feel is the current state of affairs for fashion and style and design? Uh, I think so. You, I think it is that Generation X specifically mm-hmm. that that would that has that problem of sort of like not having individual identities when it comes to fashion. I think in the 80s and 90s, we were so um, bombarded with with commercials and selling and product and branding. Um, and it was it was so much about what everybody was wearing. It was just, you know, the look was very specific. Yes, you know, when yeah. you think of any year in the 80s, you know exactly what that, what you know, what was the look and everybody looked that way. Oh, yeah. But now I think the current um, environment is one of inclusion. I, you know, across the board, like aside from just design, as you say, there's a lot more opinions with social media and just digital media. Um, Everybody's getting more involved Mm -hmm. in in all aspects of culture, you know. so even with fashion, it's it's that sort of that idea of a one size fits all policy in terms of fashion does not fit into our current narrative where the individual matters so much. Mm-hmm. And if you say if you what is the what is the look of somebody in the later 2000, like, well, at least like between 2015 to 2018, what does fashion look like? Can't no, it. You can't. You can't. No. You can't define fashion going back maybe 2010 and forward. I'll say like I can't. I don't know what what that looks like because we're right. now we're really we've been blessed now to express our individuality in terms of music, in terms of art, in terms of literature, um, blogs. You know, gaining popularity and giving voices to individuals to be um, published. Mm-hmm. And be publicly accessed. People, you know, such a sea of of um, perspectives and points of view are available to us, and and people are finding their niches and they're finding where they belong. And if they're quirky, you know, they they will find a partner. They will find that group. They will mm-hmm. find that you know, just th- that that uh, that community. They will find it now. So, fashion. So no, but yes, there's the there, there are fila. I mean, just like you had the fila that was might might have been cool. There's mm-hmm. the fila that's cool now, but not all the kids are wearing it because they're the, the kids for that. And then uh-huh. they're you know they are the kids for Converse and they are the kids for Supreme. And it's like everybody has a place. It, it's man, yeah. When you said. <laughs> It's hard to define really 2010 and beyond. Like before that, I can throw out a label. Everyone can associate it with mm-hmm. plain and simple. You know, polo sport, Tommy Hill. Uh, when you think of Tommy Hill figure, I think of Aaliyah. But, you know, mm-hmm. I'm dating myself. <laughs> and, you know, cross colors, you know, the yellow joints with the lime green stitching in the backpack on the back. Um Timberlands, you know, mm-hmm. before they went on their racist rant, <laughs> you know, there is there is a brand mm-hmm. for certain periods of time up until 2010. Mm-hmm. Then it's just a hodgepodge of well, 
this brand's got five hundred dollar jeans. Like, well, who are they? <laughs> Where did they come from? Right. And why are their jeans five hundred dollars? Right. And why are they so skinny? You know, what happened to you know loose fit? What happened to you know regular you know fitted jeans? It it just took off. I remember going to an express store and none of their shirts fit right. Mm-hmm. Because they were all slim, like cut for these, you know, little 110 pound yes. wet shoes. And I'm like, I'm a grown man and I can't find clothes to wear. Mm-hmm. And it really the only things that were left that we talked about is tailoring. Mm-hmm. You know, you used to be able to go in and get measured up and you could find something and you probably don't need to tailor it. Now I got to get everything tailored. <laughs> and it makes it makes seeking out your authentic self and representing it through personal style a daunting experience it makes it difficult it makes it scary um but ultimately what i found in reading through your blog these stories are not uncommon um, for Gen X and, and many others. And people are getting empowered. They're starting to feel like they can find their way. They're getting the tools that they need to bring out themselves and have the confidence so they can really, you know, stroll around and kind of say, well, you can hate me now. And that's actually a really good segue. And <laughs> Play Nas featuring Puff Daddy. Yeah, we really dating ourselves. Call him Puff Daddy. You can take <laughs> me now. We'll be right back with Sagacity Podcast and our dear friends, Stephanie Ram Logan. Do it now. 
Let's go. You wanna hate me, then hate me. What can I do but keep getting money? Funny, I was just like you. I had to hustle hard, never give up until I made it. Now y'all saying that's a clever nigga, nothing to play with. Hate on me, I blew, but I'm the same OG. People warn me, when you on top, there's envy. Took my niggas out the hood, but you doubt on us. Saying we left the hood, but can't get it out of us. My bad, should I step on my shoes? Give them to you, here's my cars and my house. You can live in that too. Criticize when I float for the street. Hate my dress code, Gucci this, Fendi that. What you expect, ho? Nickname Esco. Took this game to its threshold. Best flow, I bet the whole US know. Try to make it like you the realest. But who the illest think we all know the answer to that? Cause niggas feel us, right? You think I'ma come this far and let you niggas stop me now? I ain't you a It's a thin line between paper and hate. Friends and snakes, nine millies and thirty eights. Hell or the pearly gates. I was destined to come, predicted. Blame God, he blew breath in my lungs. Second to none. Wicked turn wives to widows. Shoot through satin pillows, the desolate one. Took a little time to claim my spot. Chairman of the board until this game stopped. And I side with the Lord. Ride for the cause while driving niggas shot at my doors. Plotting, I'm sure, to catch me with the glass to my jaws. Tried sticking me up, but I flipped on these ducks. Instead of me, ambulances were picking them up. Niggas fear what they don't understand. Hate what they can't conquer. Guess it's just a fear. A man became a monster on top of the world. Never falling, I'm as real as they come. From day one, forever falling. Come on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sagacity Podcast. We are here with our guest, Stephanie Ram Logan. And coming back from a break, mine got to thinking. I think it's a good time to sit there and discuss some of the challenges that you hear from your male clients on this podcast. It's run by myself, a black male Gen Xer. And I know I'm not the only one (laughs) that has had struggles in the areas of personal style. So if you can shed some light on some of the challenges that other gentlemen have, have presented um what are the impacts that you've had and some of the success stories that have come out of um working with you uh generally men are actually easier to work with than women because they just have one problem one challenge it's the same challenge it's so cookie cutter uh, men are expecting a sort of immediate solution to the problem. Like they think it's so mechanical. It's like, they, tell me what to wear, I'll wear it. Mm-hmm. And the challenge therein lies in me explaining that it's not, it's not an easy solution. It's not, I don't just tell you what works off the bat by looking at you. Your personality yeah. really filters in. To what your personal style is 
So um, that's the challenge and how I deal with it is being really careful to listen. I'm, uh, I'm you know, be, finding creative ways or just figuring out how with this individual guy, mm-hmm. I can get him to open up. I can get him to dig deep and express himself because a lot of times men, especially these generation X's that you're referring to, um, they're, they're not really taught to dig within themselves about who they are, you know? Mm. And um, a lot of True. like, it's often the first time that they're asked to, to be introspective like that, like the kind of questions that I ask. It's sort mm-hmm. of like things that they never thought about before when I say like, I don't know, um, what's your morning routine? How do you like to have your coffee? Where do you sit to eat? You know, um, how much time do you take to do this? Like simple things that, you know, you they think are just so unnecessary. You know, a lot of insight for me into who you are and how you live, which is, you know, the first thing I need to understand before I could tell you how to dress. Because how you dress is so related to that routine. Um, it tells me uh, things like what sort of fabrics you need to wear. You know, are you that guy that wants to be dry cleaning every week? Like, you you know, you're that rigid with a schedule. Uh, white, you know, you, you, you wash your white separately. You use this kind of detergent. You know, you iron your clothes at 7 p.m. the night before. Are you that kind of guy? Or are you somebody who, you know, wants to do like a quick no iron, you know, dump in a trash bin, like, you know, <laughs> not trash, you, know what I, you know what I mean? Just dump in the hamper and go like, uh-huh. those things tell me so much about the types of clothes that you should be wearing. Um, so that's the main challenge. And that, and that's the solution with, with men. Um, I think my, one of my greatest successes that is a new course, I think our <laughs> session in particular was just, especially um, encouraging. I just feel like we hit the nail on the head so fast. Yes, yes, I felt like you got it so fast. Um, It was just so enjoyable. It wasn't, you know, it was like effortless. But um, aside from you, you. there was uh, a TV personality and, um, you know, his look was basically just suits. So I don't know who recommended that he get a stylist, but... I think when I was called in, he may have found it unnecessary because he's just wearing suits and how complicated is a suit, right? Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of his clothes were dirty that I was given, like I'd have him bring in his wardrobe and I'd put outfits together for him. Um, You know, it was like, he would be like, okay, well, only this part is showing, so we'll just iron this part. (laughs) Or, um, you know, like his feet won't show. So he's like, nobody cares what shoes I wear. You know, or nobody cares. The pants don't matter. I'm going to be shot primarily from the waist up. So, you know, he would just dress himself for what was being seen. And he neglected the parts of his body that were not being seen. Now, Mm. fashion or style is not just about what the eye sees. It's about how we feel and a lot of things going on behind the scenes, you know? So, I realized, well, I recognize what type of clients he would have been, which was he needed to see it work for him to understand that it works so i just listened i didn't tell him anything we didn't dig into his personality or anything i just observed and the first day i went in and i dressed him head to toe changed his glasses you know was very specific about which one of his watches he was going to wear 
these little details that he would always kind of skim over. You know, I made sure everything was steamed, that he was wearing trousers and a belt and clean new clothes and whatever. And when he stepped out onto set, everybody clapped. Wow. <laughs> and this was his suit that he already, well, no, I got him a new blazer that fit him better. Uh-huh. And, you know, so things fit. It was a head-to-toe look, even though only parts of him were ever going to be aired. Mm-hmm. And he walked onto that set with a new confidence. He carried that show with a new confidence. Everybody noticed. He was mm-hmm. so energetic. It was just like such a great moment for all of us on that set. And then from then on, he, he started asking me questions. Yeah, uh, yeah. About, how do we do this? Or maybe I should do this. Should I wear this? Like, should I wear this one with this one? Like, what do you think? And you know, it was just like a, it was just like a wonderful, wonderful achievement. Wow, that confidence mm-hmm. it's 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 addictive. <laughs> it is. It's you want to feel addictive. good all the time. You know, it's a good addiction to have. Just knowing that it was it's the little things the Mm -hmm. time piece Mm -hmm. um the tie maybe it's a lapel pin you know whatever it is Mm -hmm. little things make such a huge difference and they are discounted so 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 often um remember growing up my dad he had the same wallet. I'm pretty sure he still has the same wallet <laughs> that he's had for 30, almost 40 years now. And he he had it so much, it burned a shape in the back of his jeans. And it didn't matter if they were jeans, if they were corduroy, you know how hard it is to imprint corduroy, you know? <laughs> it, it was never about personal style with him for for many years it was utility you know he's 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 putting in 12 hour days in in a tv studio ironically and it was never about anything other than utility and then at some point a light went off and next thing you know he's got a long brown suede coat down to his knees and the turtlenecks are a different fabric i think that's when merino wool got popular or something (laughs) it it was still utilitarian but it looked so much better and the way he carried himself was a lot different it was a lot more confidence it wasn't you know wearing these old beat up shoes you know or steel toes it was that was where rockport really started to get fashionable still common sense shoes very comfortable they started to care what their shoes look like and that confidence you know seeing that difference in my dad alone was like wow wow you're 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 kind of walking around here with some pep in your step man you, yeah and, yeah. and i mean that's style 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 yeah. is utility and aesthetics they don't they don't exist without each other if you, in, in terms of style aesthetics mm-hmm. alone is fashion but aesthetics and utility you know specific to your individual needs not a style yes indeed so man that's that's an awesome story 
Uh, I'm curious now if any of the listeners are thinking of their their favorite newscast. Oh God, no, I hope they don't like, figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I remember when he came out there holding his head yeah. alive. Oh, yeah, well, actually, when I stopped working with him, uh, somebody did, did. People knew who, I, who he was at the time, and um, I stopped working with him. And somebody messaged me and they're like, you know. Uh, I thought he used to be, he was looking so good and I feel like he looks a little different now, like what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I don't work there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when when you, you moved on, is, is, did he kind of revert back to where No, I, I wouldn't say. I would, like, I, I would watch him sometimes and he's definitely, um, definitely an improved version of, of him himself. But I mean, obviously if you have a stylist doing a mask, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you would look better, but um, no, I think he's he's fine. But you know, you'll slip into your com- comfort comes in. Uh, yes. Easy comes in, you know. <laughs> well, one thing is definitely for certain when you get that confidence and you have a fresh look about yourself you have an awesome feeling of yourself it's very obvious that you've changed clothes so we're gonna jump right into that song change clothes by jay-z we'll be right back in a few moments with stephanie ram logan here on sagacity pod Uh, 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 uh,
that house is so necessary. No bra with that blouse is so necessary. No panties and jeans that's so necessary. Why you front on me? Let's go to my hotel. This don't go well with those S dots. Gotta stay fresh, ma. Ma, house shot with a rest pie. Oh no, ma, please respect my jiggy. This is probably purple label. Or that BBC shit on is probably tailored. And y'all niggas acting way too tough. Throw on a suit, get it, tape it up. And let's just change clothes. No, I stay fresh to death, avoid it from the projects, and I'ma take you to the top of the globe. Let's go. Let's exchange love, and And girl, I promise you, no substitutes. Just me. Welcome back to Sagacity Podcast. This is the Urban Hubby and our guest today, the incomparable, the one and only Stephanie Ram Logan. And after listening to Change Clothes, I mean, I think I really just kind of brought it home for me anyway. Uh, you know, just being a New Yorker, it always does. But one question that I think we can close out this particular episode on which I'm confident will be one of probably the most impactful for you know ladies and gentlemen listening in is what do you find to be the biggest myth when it comes to style mm-hmm. um, I think we we believe and we're wrong in believing that style and stylish are the same thing uh, mm. you know like we hear that someone's stylish and we immediately think of some sort of fashionista dressed up brands and you know being fancy but personal style or having good style is not necessarily flashy you know you can be in the same outfit every day but it can absolutely suit you it could be a t-shirt and jeans and sneakers that just fit you and your personality what you have to do that day your climate your job, your coloring, your height, your body type. It could fit you perfectly and be the most basic outfit. And that is style. It doesn't have to be glitzy, it doesn't have to be glamorous, it doesn't have to be expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd say that that's the biggest myth that style must be stylish. Gotcha. Yeah, that's very, <laughs> very true, very true, very true. Wow. Well, I can honestly say, um, seeking you out, making that appointment, uh, being given an opportunity to, uh, it's, it's like guided meditation, mm-hmm. being able to bring out the things that I was looking for that I did not know were there. Um, 
I can honestly say I did not want to hire a stylist. Mm-hmm. I did not want somebody telling me what they thought I should, you know, look like or dress like or what my personal style is. I did not want um, family and friends to weigh in on it. I wanted to be more of a self-discovery mm-hmm. um, because I felt that was the only way it could be authentic to me. It was the only way I could truly accept what it is, um, whether it's a color palette or um, fit in the clothes. Um, it had to be authentic to me or else I wouldn't adopt it. And I would eventually say, yeah, you know, you write it off on, well, this is what they want from me. I'm good. What our appointment did for me was help me to piece together who I am, what's important to me, what are my um, what are my strengths, how I want to be perceived, what are the um, things I want to be projected about myself when I walk into a room, mm-hmm. while I'm in the room and when I walk out of the room. What do I want people to remember about me and translate those words, <laughs> those mm-hmm. thoughts into clothing. Mm-hmm. colors a personal style and I cannot thank you enough for your wisdom, your sagacity in <laughs> uh, bringing that out of me with just a handful of good questions and your time and I want to encourage every guy out here <laughs> Whether you think you know how to dress or not, whether or not your lady compliments you or she just uh, tolerates oh, <laughs> uh, your, your, your dress or your, your fashion. And you'll know by her reaction sitting next to you, listen to this podcast right now, where you fall. So make an appointment. Stephanie, let the folks know where they can find you, where they can reach you and how they can get that done. Uh, first of all, I'm just like here grinning. I know nobody can can hear me smile. I'm just so proud of you. I just feel like a proud mommy. Um, <laughs> thank all, you, these, thank all these great things that you're saying, it just makes me feel like I've, you know, I've been doing a good job because it's exactly what you're saying is exactly what I hope to get out of it. I love that you said that guided meditation because there's no way uh, I can ever tell you what to do and you stick with that. You have to. Mm-hmm find it yourself so i'm so happy to hear that um i can my website stephanieramlogan.com is really the hub of all my media like you can find my instagram my blog email portfolios everything in that one on that one website cool 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 well proud mama thank you thank you thank you for (laughs) making this episode live authentic and really bringing some truth behind uh, style and it's it's we all have it we all have a personal style some of us just are a little more in tune naturally than others others of us need some guidance in how to get there and i want to encourage everybody 
take whatever steps you need. If you're not comfortable with the fit of your clothes, if you're not comfortable with how you feel stepping out the house on a daily basis, if you feel like you're just kind of lost in the sauce with everybody else and, you know, it's more your personality that's making you stick out and, you know, what you're wearing really isn't matching up with your personality, whatever you're feeling, I strongly encourage you stephanieramlogan.com no more fashion victims.com check her out do whatever you need to do whatever you can do to feel your best in your authentic self and that's an episode thank you for listening stephanie thank you thank you thank you again thank you i'm so excited to be here thank you so much my absolute pleasure ladies and gentlemen this is sagacity podcast I am your host, The Urban Hubby. We appreciate you. We'll catch you on the next episode. Check us out, sagacitypod.com and Urban Hubby on Instagram. You can catch all the updates there. Some behind the scenes footage and fun if Stephanie says yes. (laughs) (laughs) No. Otherwise, (laughs) uh, you'll find all the web links there um, on on both both sites. We thank you again. Have a great great day. Appreciate y'all.